Dad podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad podcast, where you join us at the table as we talk about the many questions of life. I'm Reese. And I'm David. And he is my dad. And we're going to go ahead and jump in with the question of the day. So here we go. What is a skill that you would like to master? Like if you could just snap your fingers and boom, you got this skill. That's a toughie. Um, Because there's there's so many things. And I'm one of those people, I jump onto something and I'm like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then, you know, six months later, I don't. Or I figure out, oh, this is hard work. Oh, dude, that's me after two um, days. Yeah. Two so, days into so, it. So I'm going to have to go with two. And then I, I guess I just, what Maybe day it is, me. I feel. Yeah. Um, one, learning to play like the piano. Like ah. really play it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one of my favorite pieces of music is Rhapsody in Blue. Right. And, I, I, you know, one day I'd love to play that. But those are like professionals. And yeah. I just don't think that's going to happen. The other is learn a new language. Mm. Um, like for a while with, with your sister Katie being in, in Korea, I thought I'm going to learn Hangul. So mm-hmm. I got all this stuff. I was I was starting the process and Hangul's hard. Yeah. And any Asian language is very different. Mm-hmm. And it's just tough. Of course, any language when you're not used to it is tough. So That's true. those are the two things. If I could just snap my fingers, that'd be right now what I'd want to do. Yeah, I would almost say... I'm going to kind of piggyback off of that one. Mm-hmm. I would love the skill of being able to learn a language. Mm. And by that, mm. I mean, like, I'm really good at the process yeah. of breaking down, like, all right, here's the steps I want to go through. Mm-hmm. Here's how much time I'm going to put into it. Because the issue is like, yes, I mean, for me, I would love to learn Spanish immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably about 30 to 50% of the way there, depending mm-hmm. on what the conversation's about. Yeah. Uh, so I mean that's progress, but it's been a it's been a journey of years, yes. and I know that there's a better way that could maybe take a little bit less time because mm-hmm. it will take a few years. Yeah, but I mean I would love to just be able to be like, all right, I want to learn Spanish. I know how to go about learning this language super well. Yeah, yeah. So I think that would be mine. That'd be I'd be a good one because then you could just apply it to other languages. Yeah, and I would love to learn a lot of languages. Honestly, yeah, it would be cool. Okay, so the series that we've been doing recently has been on health, fitness, under the title of body image. Um, We've been talking about body image, but really we've kind of been discussing not only the way that you look at yourself, but the way that you approach the way you look. Yeah, and the way you feel about yourself, I think, is a big part. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So today we've gotten to, I think, one of the biggest things everybody thinks of, and that is exercise. Now, my question to you would be this. How is exercise part of having a healthy body image? How do those two connect? Yeah, I think the thing we have to understand is exercise, you don't do it to look a certain way Mm. if you're going to do it and enjoy it. Right. You exercise to feel better. Mm. Because the thing about exercise is, and we're going to get more into the details of it, but you, you feel better when you do it. Mm-hmm. When you move, your body is designed to move. It's the way we're designed. And it just makes us feel better. Right. And I think when you feel better, 
I think that that helps you feel better about yourself. That's good. So I think part of it's your healthy body image. Part of it comes with just feeling better. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're out, let's say you go for a long walk and you kind of do that and you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel better than if you just sat and binge, you know, watched the show yeah. and just ate two bags of Doritos. Right. You know, at the moment, of course, the Doritos taste good. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, you're like, I'm such a, you know, I'm such a pig, blah, blah. But then when you went out and walked and did something, your body got moving, you you oxygenated your body, you feel better. Mm-hmm. You just feel better. Yes. And I think that's where we have to look at exercise. Uh, exercise in our society is all about, for a lot of people, it's about weight loss. Yes. It's I exercise so I can eat. Yes. And that's not a healthy way to look at it. That's, that's actually true. the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to say, I enjoy this. Yes. I enjoy doing it. And when you do, that means you're finding something you enjoy. You're doing something that is moving you. Um, and I think you just feel better. Yeah. I mean, study after study has shown that doing certain amounts of cardio releases endorphins in the brain. That's a good point. It it is a gratifying thing in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And so we need to stop looking at exercise as purely a means to an end. Yeah. Um, I think it fits with what what we've said over the past few weeks. We've talked about you got to find a method of exercising you enjoy. Yeah. Because if it becomes an end in and of itself, you can really have a good time. Yeah. Like I, I think a big thing... Like everybody talks about, oh, you know, young people, they're so active and they, they're so skinny and stuff like that. That's how a lot of people view do, view the young. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at how many sports a lot of people are in. That's a good point. You know, yeah. and they're, they're not. They're doing something. Yeah. And they're not like, oh, I'm going to join the football team because I really want to have a good body. Yeah. They're like, I want to play this game. Yeah. You know, or, you know, any kind of sport, any kind of activity, mm-hmm. you know, even some people do JRTC or some people are in Boy Scouts or whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. A lot of times we almost unlearn that. We yeah. unlearn the idea that there is such a thing as movement that can be a blast. Yeah, you know? that's true. So yeah. I think we have to rediscover that. And that's part of a healthy body image mm-hmm. because when you're living an active lifestyle, yeah, you will view yourself better yeah because you'll feel better yes yeah i agree agree. yeah my my wife and i were talking about that the other day we were like rest is a bottomless pit in -hmm. terms of you can never rest enough there's there's never a point where like you've just been sitting there and you're like wow now i'm ready to go out and do stuff it's almost like you know eventually you're like man i wish i had a four-day work week and then you're like man i wish i had a three-day work i know (laughs) and if you had that you'd be like man if only i could work two days a week i'd finally feel rested and then you know if i could just not work and but it's not once you discover that movement can be good Mm -hmm. then it can be an enjoyable journey yeah and you can view something you enjoy doing so Let's look at some of the things that exercise does and doesn't do. Uh, what's something that exercise doesn't do that maybe we have an expectation on it to do? Well, we've we've hit on it a little bit, but I think it, it bears repeating because of our society. It doesn't make up for bad eating habits. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna eat a bunch of junk food, and then you say, "Well, I'm gonna go run extra because of that." Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's an unhealthy way to be mm. because I think it's going to, one, make the exercise more guilt-driven mm-hmm. to where you'll hate it. But you also just, you're not going to feel as good if you just eat a bunch of junk. Now, you know, and everybody can say, well, what is, you know, what's healthy, what's unhealthy? And that's that's a whole other show. But 
Um, cause that can be weird. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but you don't make up for bad eating habits. And that's where you don't want your exercise to be based upon, oh, I ate, I ate bad yesterday, so I'm gonna go exercise today. Right. You know, you can't do that or there's you're just going to go back and forth. Yeah. Um, now, exercise is a part of your body, a part of your life. Yeah. And and so but you got to understand, you can't out exercise, you know, a triple cheeseburger. Right. I mean, you can, but it's it's a lot of calories. You honestly probably couldn't even if you tried. No. And, and it, well, today I, I rode I rode my bike for just under fifty miles today because mm-hmm. I'm getting ready for a race, and it was about nineteen hundred calories. Mm-hmm. So a triple cheeseburger is probably over that. Right. So you have to look at okay. Well, let's say you do want to do that. Mm-hmm. How much how much time do you have in your life <laughs> to, to do 50 miles in order to eat that burger? Yeah, it, it took forever. And and it's just there's no way someone can keep up with a bad eating habit by yeah. just exercising. But I love what you said that like it's the unhealthy dynamic mm-hmm. that that creates. That's the real danger. Yeah. Because the fact is, God designed our bodies to where they are very efficient. Yeah. Like if you're they a car, really you're getting like 200 miles a gallon kind of a thing. A you know, point. like yeah. God made it so that humans could survive because mm-hmm. it wasn't always that you could go to the store any time of day and get yeah. whatever you want, however much you want. That's yeah. more recent. Mm-hmm. So the way God made us, <laughs> it doesn't work with that mentality. Yeah. Because God designed us to be very efficient. Yeah. Now, really one did. thing I, I think that exercising does do for you Mm -hmm. is it gets you in a frame of mind to where you want to eat better. Yeah, I think that's true. I think you because you're you're choosing to do something healthy. Yes. And I think that becomes a positive habit. We talked about habits a few weeks ago. Right. And I think it just brings awareness, you know, and that's one of the things people, you know, once you realize how many calories and stuff are in some foods, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to enjoy them as much. Yep. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because mm-hmm. you're picking mm-hmm. and choosing what you do enjoy, what you do want to do. Um, but it helps you make those choices. So when you exercise, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to go ahead and eat better. I'm going to make some healthier choices here and here mm-hmm. and maybe still find things that you enjoy but don't necessarily weigh you down as much. Right. And it just forces you to pick, all right, what's worth it? You know, like I've, we've said this plenty of times on the podcast, like soda versus ice cream. Mm -hmm. For me, usually a soda is not worth it for the the 40 grams of sugar. Yeah. Ice cream though. Yeah. I can do 40 grams of sugar worth of ice cream and not regret it. You know? Well, and that's, and that's the thing you pick. And Mm -hmm. I think when people are exercising, they also, they just feel better. So they're less likely to binge eat right. or to eat to comfort themselves. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, they're getting those endorphins naturally. And I think a lot of us use food as a way to comfort ourselves, as Kobe. a way to make ourselves feel better. We're bored, whatever. But when you're moving yeah. and getting that stuff naturally, I think it just helps you overall. No, I, I agree with that. So let's get into the practical for the listeners today. Yeah. You know, what are some good exercise tips like all right somebody's like i want to get into exercising in a healthy way yeah how am i going to do that okay don't and this is uh, more guys are like this than than women i think um don't go hardcore right at the beginning yeah you know and and a lot of us are like that you know we we okay i'm gonna go 
I'm going to run a marathon next week. We talked about that. But, you know, what you want to do is think long term. Mm-hmm. So so just start slow. Yeah. You, you know, you've got a journey. Yes. Like we talked about, it's about a journey. It's not about the destination. So you want to pick a journey that you can do, that you enjoy. So start finding those things that you like. Mm-hmm. And, and don't go off just hardcore at the beginning because a lot of guys do that. Um, women too. And, and then they get hurt and then they stop. Yeah. Or like, like, cause I've seen this plenty of times. I, everybody knows the meme of like January 1st, people yep. are at the gym, everybody's going hard. Yep. And so like, I've seen so many guys who they're like, I'm going to, I'm going to get fit. I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Let's go. Yeah. And they work out for about two days and then they're sore everywhere Yeah. to where they can barely walk. Yeah. And then they're like, if this is exercise, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, if you go slow, eventually, like, exercise won't cause you to be sore anymore. Yeah, that's true. I very rarely get sore. And when I do get sore, I kind of get excited because I'm like, ah, something broke down and it's building itself back up. But that's after years, you know. Well, it means you've you've built up, you've gotten stronger. um, And that's like when people run, when people bike or whatever they do, Mm -hmm. you want to start slow and build yourself up. That way your muscles are prepared for it and you're less likely to do damage to them. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've kind of mentioned this, but I'll just say it very specifically. Find something you enjoy as exercise to where it can be an end in and of itself. Yeah. If you hate exercise, make it a secondary effect mm-hmm. of what you enjoy doing. Yeah. So I agree. like uh I mean we've mentioned the example of tennis recently. Like I've been loving playing tennis with Emily yeah. and it doesn't feel like, all right, time to go get this done. It's like a actual hobby that I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the feeling of playing. I like that when you're locked back and forth, hitting it back and forth. Yeah. I like, you know, the way that the game's designed. It's mm-hmm. just a blast. Yeah. But I happen to be getting exercise in the moment. Yeah. And I think it's also understanding that even if you do something you enjoy, there's still it's still going to take that that mental discipline sometimes. There'll still be effort. It. Yeah. It's going to take true. some effort. Like like you know, like I said, did a long bike ride today. Um, I did a long run yesterday. Mm-hmm. And and that was, it was tough. You know, yesterday I started early because of the heat. Yeah. Today I didn't have to do it as much because it wasn't as hot, which mm-hmm. I was very happy about. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it still takes a lot to get in there. But mm-hmm. once you do it and accomplish it, that's the feeling you want to go for where you're like, oh, I feel, I feel good. I mm-hmm. did that. And, and I think everybody has to find what they like. Like you said, tennis, yeah. people when they walk, we've talked about finding maybe someone to do something with. Maybe you're a people person. Yes. You know, you like to walk with people or you like to listen to books or podcasts, music. Mm-hmm. Do it while you exercise. Yeah, exactly. You can combine something you don't particularly enjoy with something you love. Yeah. And yeah. then the process of doing it can be fun. Yeah. Like I, I do that. So. I do that with washing dishes. I have a, an anime going on my computer, like just an episode uh-huh. while I'm washing dishes yeah. to where like I'm, I'm low key looking forward to washing dishes because yeah. that's my time for actually watching a TV show. Yeah. I've uh, got a book yeah. um, I'm listening to when I run and when I do housework, I'll yeah. listen to podcasts or books. Mm-hmm. I'll always have a pair of headphones on just because to me, it's just it makes it more fun, like you said. Yeah. And you can do the same thing with exercise. Yep. You can do the exact same thing. And we would encourage that. Um, I think I think another element of it is also having that community aspect. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about 
you know, if you are a people person. Yeah. But honestly, even if you're not a people person, having a supportive community can just be helpful. It can just straight up be helpful. It can. A couple of years ago, um, I joined a training group for a race mm-hmm. that uh, a person who was a very good triathlete person gave us all a personalized workout schedule. Right. And we got together once a week to ride our bikes together because it was long distances. Yeah. And there was just something about that that year, the only bad thing, because I was in great shape for the race. I got COVID, missed the race. I'm very depressed about it still today. But, you know, it, it was just fun. Mm-hmm. It was just hanging out with people. You, you kind of, these people I didn't know. Yeah. They didn't know me. But we had a good time. Yeah. And you automatically have something in common. Yeah, you do. Like, even if you have nothing else in common, you enjoy this sport or this style of exercising, yeah. or this activity. Yeah, and you learn things you didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I picked up little tips and tricks from these people. Oh, yeah. Um, rode on places I'd never been in our mm-hmm. city. And and so that made it a lot of fun. And I think when we find those communities and, and understand that, you know, it's okay to do that for a while and just enjoy the people. Mm-hmm. And that could be a reason you go. Yeah. And when you're around people, it causes you to kind of push yourself. Mm-hmm. It does. And then you also have the element of like, you not only get something beneficial for your body, it's beneficial for the soul to yeah. be around other people. Yeah, and there's there's an element of accountability because like the other morning, I got to the track early and there was these three different cars that pulled up and all the people got out and they walked together. Mm-hmm. So you know that they, they're, okay, I'm going to be there by six mm. so I can meet my friend and we can walk. And there was just an element of accountability that I think is good for some people to have mm-hmm. to, you know, okay, I need to be accountable to go, you know, so-and-so is going to do it without me, so I better show up. That really is one of the best things. Like, that's one of the number one tips of advice I give to people. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say you really do want to go exercise at a gym. Yeah. One of the best things you can do is do it with a friend. Yeah. Because you have the element of accountability mm-hmm. and you have the, you push each other to get better and you get to connect while you're doing that activity. Yeah. It'll ironically not only strengthen you physically, but it'll strengthen your relationships. It does. It's good for you. Which I think would be huge. Uh, you got anything else to add to those thoughts? Um, I think the other thing is understand that exercise doesn't have to be the same thing all the time. There's mm. seasons. That's a good you point. Know, like you may go through a season where, you, hey, I'm going to this one class mm. and you do it for a couple of years. Like remember when, when you were in high school, we went to a... Um, Spin class? It? Yeah, we went to a spin class for a while. Push it, push it. That's I know. The guy, that's what the coach said every time. We can still remember the guy. He was one of the most energetic early morning people. Um, but it was fun. We had never done it. We did it for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that you understand that sometimes you're going to have a season of something. Mm-hmm. And that's actually not a bad thing because you yes. may discover more things that you enjoy by doing that. Yeah. And I would tack on one more thing uh, when it comes to the seasonality. Mm-hmm. Be okay with trying stuff. Yeah. Don't just theorize, all right, you know, I looked it up and the best method for getting the maximum amount of exercise in the minimum amount of time has got to be this exact way. Yeah. I have to do high intensity interval training. Yeah. I have to do 40 seconds sprinting, 20 seconds jogging, 10 times. Then my cardio levels will go up by this much. Yeah. You know, sometimes people approach it like that. Yeah, they like do. Like it's almost like a, a math problem. Yeah. It is not a math problem. Mm-mm. It is much more complex. And the only way you can know if you like something 
is to try it. Yeah, it is. Like literally do that free two week membership mm-hmm. to, to this gym or do that online, you know, three week membership, you know, or trial. You know, yeah. like a lot of the yeah. online stuff has trials they where they'll, they'll tell you exactly how to work out. And you can see, like, am I good at doing this exercise while I'm at home or yeah. do I just ignore it? Yeah. Only think, one way to find out. <laughs> I think it's a good way. You know, you experiment because you never know what you're going to find mm-hmm. and, and how it's going to help you. Exactly. And so don't be afraid to walk through that journey because it'll yeah. be worthwhile and you don't have to see it as a pass or fail thing. Exactly. You're just discovering a little bit more about how God wired you. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the question and answer segment of the day. So here's our first question. I have a hard time with late night snacking. What can I do about that? First off, I understand. Yeah, I would say start with, you know, what are you eating for your supper? Mm. What time are you eating it? Yeah. How late are you staying up? Those are all factors in it. That's a good point. You know, like if you're eating a supper that's not, that you don't have a lot of like real uh, strong protein in, Mm -hmm. you'll tend to get hungry sooner. Um, If you're a person who stays up late, you eat supper like say six and you stay up till midnight. Well, that's Mm -hmm. six hours. That's a long time. That is. Um, So what I would do if you're in that scenario, I would plan your snack, Mm -hmm. you know, plan a something that, okay, if I'm, if I'm hungry, this is what I'll eat. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you'll actually be able to pick something that you enjoy mm-hmm. that's actually better for you than just grabbing whatever. Yeah, I think you're a great example of that in terms of you recently discovered a, like a, I think it's called a Whirly Pop. Yeah. It's a popcorn making machine yeah. to where you get fresh popcorn, you get to put the toppings on that you want. Mm-hmm. And I've known some people do sweet popcorn. Yeah. So like some nights you could do a salty version, some mm-hmm. nights you could do a sweet version and it's not super high calorie, but you get that crunch, you get the feeling, a, a kind of the same feeling you get from chips a little yeah, bit. It is. Um, that's an example of when you're thinking ahead, you can pick something like that instead yeah. of just being like, oh, there's a there's a little Debbie in the, in the cabinet. Let me grab a couple. Yeah. And that's where I, uh, the reason I did that is because I like that salty, mm-hmm. you know, you're watching TV. Uh, me, I'm watching anime. Yeah. And uh, so I, I bought some coconut oil. Mm-hmm. I have a, a olive oil that's a butter flavored. Mm. I spray it. I put some salt on it. It's a great snack. Yeah. And when you begin to plan your snacks. Exactly. This is just a life principle. You're always smarter when you're looking ahead than you are in the moment. Yep. When you pick in the moment, you're just going to go with whatever your gut feels, no yep. matter what. Yep. But when you are looking ahead, those other factors come in and you can make even better decisions. Yeah, no, that's good. Second question. Okay. Um, somebody said, I'm getting married in a few months. Do you have any advice for things that we can do to prepare? Um, well, let me let me ask you. You and Emma mm-hmm. have been married three years now, mm-hmm. coming up. Yeah. What, um, what are some things that y'all did that you think was good? And mm. what are some things you think, you know, maybe we should have done this or that? Mm. Uh, one thing I would say is going through some kind of pre-marriage counseling or pre-marriage curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did something called Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. It's got a men's workbook, a women's workbook, and then like an overall kind of guide. Yeah, That was really cool. Um, 
to me, it's not as much of an issue of which one you pick, yeah. but that you're intentionally trying to establish communication up front. Yeah, that's good. Um, I can tell you, and this isn't bragging, this is the grace of God. A lot of people told us before we were getting married and kind of one of the stigmas is, oh, you know, the first year is the hardest. That's yeah. where you got to get used to each other and you're going to hate each other. Yeah. You're going to be so annoyed with each other. <laughs> and that just didn't happen mm-hmm. for us because uh, kind of ahead of time, we were more intentional with seeing like, all right, you know, what do you like? What do I like? What are you good at? What am I good at? Yeah. You know, things along those lines, um, I think are going to be huge. Another thing I think that was a good decision that I honestly wish we had leaned even more into is uh, Dave Ramsey has a guide, Financial Peace University, and it's an online thing that you can stream, and he goes through kind of his principles of money. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't agree with every single one of his principles, because most people aren't going to think exactly the same way, it has some very good things about budgeting, staying out of debt. And one of the top things in marriages that can put strain is finances. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to talk about money and realize, you know, what your money personality is. Uh, He has a little thing that he says, you know, every couple's got the nerd and then the free spirit. Yeah. The nerds like save, 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 you know, plan for the future. And the free spirit's like, oh, I want to go to Disney tomorrow. Let's put it on the credit card. It'll be fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And those are the two personalities. And even though they may not be that extreme, it's good to find out which one you are and which one the person that you're going to be marrying is. Yeah. Uh, probably the final piece of advice I would say is definitely pursue God together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can say from personal experience that when you are focusing on God and putting him at the center of your relationship, yeah. it is no longer about you anymore. Yeah. Because I, I think a lot of times marriages can be tough because before you get married, you're in love with this person, but you're also in love with the feeling that you have around that person. Mm-hmm. And when you get married, you're around them 24 yeah. seven. So the feeling is going to come like it's going to come and go, Yeah. but there's also going to be annoyances. There's also going to be the normal average day when you're not feeling anything in particular. Mm -hmm. That's where a lot of people get disenchanted with their relationship. Yeah, they think they have to have that feeling. Precisely. Yeah. But when God's the center and you realize it's not about you, you can begin to serve your spouse based on a commitment Mm -hmm. and realizing that, hey, it's not even just us. It's not just about the two of us. Yeah. We're part of something bigger. And that's a very important perspective to have because I think a lot of relationships are on a shaky foundation because it's not like people, they're only thinking themselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree with all those. I think any work you do beforehand, the only thing I would add to that is I would try to avoid going, getting too physical. Oh, for sure. Just because you can't work on those other things. When you're only focusing on the physical, and that's the easiest part once you get married. Yeah. The other stuff's the hard part. Yeah. You do that before, and then once you get married, the physical is there, and it's going to be great. But I would hold off because I think it just messes up relationships. Yeah. Um, And I think that's why God says not to do it. He's not trying to take away our fun. He's trying to make it to where we have the best fun, and that's when we do it His way. Yeah, and, and when you think about it, 
one of the things like, because sex can be a part of marriage that can be a strain mm-hmm. if you haven't learned how to communicate about it. Exactly. Because the fact is one person in a couple will want to have sex more often than the other one. Yeah. It's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the question is, how are you going to communicate that? Yeah. Or exactly. Get, like sometimes people just don't, they never talk about it. Yeah. And then there's one person who feels neglected and then goes, you know, to either porn or other mm-hmm. relationships to try and get that fixed. And that's not healthy. Yeah. Or they'll argue about it 24-7 and it becomes a me versus you thing. Yeah. But if before you got married, you've learned how to communicate. Yeah. Well, now when you run into that, you're you like, hey, talk let's it. talk yeah. about it. Because you know how to communicate better. But if you get so obsessed with doing those yeah. physical things before you get married, yeah. then you never develop the ability to talk about it ironically. Exactly. And then you end up having the issues and the problems. Exactly. Okay, final question. Okay. Uh, this is obviously from somebody who's a little bit older. They said, my child is about to become a teenager. How can I help them stay connected to God? Mm. Um, well, I think as, as parents, and if you're a single parent or if both of you are at the house, either one, it starts with you. It starts mm. with your relationship. Yes. If you're close to God, if you're seeking God and, and you're genuinely living it, I'm not saying you're perfect, but mm-hmm. that's a huge, huge step because kids are going to follow what you do That's more true. than what you say. That is very true. So I think I think it starts with y'all mm-hmm. um, and what you do. And I think as as a parent, you have to say, okay, am I hungering and thirsting for God? Because then it's going to be easier for my child to do it. Yes. The other thing I would do is make God a part of the family. Yes. Not just something you do. Mm-hmm. Because then it just is kind of awkward. Like God should just be part of what you talk about. Mm-hmm. Praying should be normal. But I mean, you don't have to have services in your home. Right. You just, God is just part of, I mean, he's the air we breathe. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think when you have that approach to it, he's a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. He's not just what we do on Sunday. Yes. He's not just what we do certain times of the year. When you make it to where he's just a part of you, I think it's easier for the kids to pick up on it. Yeah. Because it's not this weird Hey, don't forget God. God's watching you. Be good mm-hmm. or God will get you. You know, and that's just a weird thing. It's like God's with us all the time. Yeah. And you just make them a normal part of what you do as a family. And I think that honestly, that method of it mm-hmm. honors God more than the other way. I think so Because too. I tell people sometimes God cares about more than we give him credit for. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, we, we think he only cares about how often you're in church and how often you're reading your Bible. Yeah. Which he does care but he also cares about how you relate to your friends. Yep. He cares about the dinner that you're spending with your family. Mm-hmm. He gave us all of those things. And yeah. so, I mean, it's natural to let him be part of all of those things. Yeah. He is not a a part of our lives. He's the center of it. Yeah. And when you do that for your life, when you show your kids by example that for their lives, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think it'll be more natural. And yes, you'll be intentional. Yeah. But it'll be an intentionality that's more... It shapes their identity instead of tries to add something to their to-do list. Yeah, if that and, makes sense. and it makes it to where they feel more comfortable talking to you about God. True. If they have questions, you know, you don't want to shut them down. You want them to come to you. And yes. when you create a positive environment like that, your kids are more likely to come to you first yeah. than their friends when it comes to questions about God. Yeah, and you don't have to know everything. Mm-hmm. One of the best things you can do is learn about those things with them. Exactly. Like if somebody's like, okay, you know, let's say... You know, your child's talking to you about 
sexuality. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, my friend said this, and, and I know that that's wrong, but why? Why is it wrong? That's good. And you're like, you know, that's a good question. Let's look it up together. Yeah. You know, and so y'all find a scripture about it. Yeah. Or you talk to your pastor yeah. and you learn from him or mm-hmm. you learn from an older person in the church that spent a long time in the word. You know, yeah. these are different things that ironically raising your kid up in their faith can grow your faith. Yeah, it can. Well, the best thing you can do to learn is teach someone else. That's true. So as you're teaching, you're actually learning better. And yes. so I think if you create that environment, I think it's easier for your kids to catch. Mm. And uh, you don't want to force it on them. You want, you want to do it relationally in the yes. house. That's very good. And that's all the time we have for today. All right. um, thank you guys so much for joining us on the Hey Dad podcast. Uh, we hope you guys have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.